Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi. My name is Adina Schmidman. Join us this Sunday, February 4th, on the Siyum live stream, starting with Tushirim at 10 and 11 a.m. Eastern, and the Siyum program, including Mrs. Jen Early, at 12.45 p.m. Go to outorah.org slash nach. If you've finished Tardi Mechanach Yomi, Add your name to the CM scroll at ouwomen.org slash CM24. And now for today's Perak, Perak Dalid. Yesterday, we read about the alacrity of Yehoshua, moving the nation forward with the guidance of Hashem, with a sense of mission and a sense of purpose. The crossing took place on the 10th day of Nisan, the very same day, 40 years earlier, when the people took a se, a lamb, into their home. As we take in the surround sound of the Yardin crossing, let us pause for a moment to look at Perak Kufyudalid 114 in Tehillim, one that we famously include as part of Hallel. Bitseis Yisraomi Mitzrayim Beis Yaakov Me'amloez. When the Jewish people went forth from Egypt, the house of Yaakov from a people of strange speech. Haisa Yehuda Likadsho Yisraomam Shalosav. Yehuda became his holy one, the Jewish people his dominion. Hayam ra'avayanas hayardeni sovla achar. The sea saw them and fled, the yardain ran backward. Haharim raktu ha'elim, the mountains skipped like rams, givaos kivnetzon, hills like sheep. And now we have a famous question. Malacha hayam kisanus hayardeni sovla achar? What alarmed you, O sea that you fled, the Yardane that you ran backward? While the Perak vividly describes the experience at Yamsuf and at the Yardane, both are under the heading of Bitseis Yisraomi Mitzrayim when the Jewish people left Egypt. Even though these events were separated by 40 years, the crossing of the Yardane completes the journey which the crossing of the Yamsuf began. But why did the Yardane run away? Pasuk Yud Zion 17 in yesterday's Perak Gimel sheds light on our question. We are provided with a detailed description recounting that the waters stopped flowing, but we are still left with the question of where. Was it where the Kohanim were standing or up near the city of Adam? The Pasuk recounts Hayam Ra'avayanos Hayardain Tisov Achar. The Yardain River turned backwards. Yes, the water split under the feet of the Kohanim when they entered the water, but then flowed upstream to Adam miles away. The water stood as a tall pillar, higher likely than any building of that time period, and served as a gate, opening wide to greet the Jewish people as they entered the land. The trajectory of the Exodus is complete, starting with a band of slaves and completing the 40-year journey as a divinely inspired nation. Let's remember that while those who were 20 years and older perished in the desert, those who were younger recalled Yitzhiya Mitzrayim from their perspective as children. Let's try to imagine what they are thinking as they enter the land, crossing the Yardane with confidence. They've arrived. It's been a 40-year journey. Their parents are no longer with them. They've grown up in the desert. What should they do next? Moshe, at the end of his life, directs the people as to what to do as they enter the land. Devarim Perk Chavzayin Pasuk Beis 27.2 
And you shall set up great stones and cover them in plaster. And then in Pasuk Gimel, And you shall write upon them all the words of this Torah when you have passed over. Perak Dalid begins with Hashem's directive to Yehoshua to implement the words of Moshe. Hashem directs Yehoshua in the first ten psukim to select twelve men, one from each shevet, to collect twelve stones from the bed of the Yardin, and to write the complete Torah on the stones and then set them up where they would sleep that night in Gilgal. The Gemara in Sota, Daflamidalid Amud Aleph, describes the stones as unusually large and heavy. It was miraculous that the men could carry them. The end of this parak is the implementation of Yahushua's directive. And what was the purpose of this monument? One idea suggested by Rabbeinu Bachya is that it highlights the power of Torah observance, which would destroy B'nai Israel's enemies. Learning Torah carries our armies and our nation forward. According to the Barbanel, a conquering nation would always erect a memorial on the territory of the defeated enemy, noting the date of the conquest and the name of the conquering king. In fact, the Barbanel shares that in his time there were markers which the Roman legions had put in Italy and Spain which were still standing. Hashem wanted to elevate this practice by having the Torah written on the stones rather than the name of the conquering king because Torah is our banner. In addition, it is important to recognize that this was not a military conquest for territory or the acquisition of assets. By inscribing the Torah on these stones, it would message that this conquest was divinely justified. The Jewish nation was taking what is rightfully theirs. By putting out our national moral and ethical code for all nations to see, B'nai Israel were demonstrating that our nation's laws existed from the day that we entered into the land, and that we follow a divine code rather than a set of laws that evolve over time. These psukim echo loudly, 3,400 years later. We fight with our Torah on our lips with our unique moral and ethical code. We have Torah laws which guide us as we fight today for the land we were promised. Let's take a look at Pasuk Yud Aleph to get a real-time view of the crossing. The Pasuk reads, kasher tam kol ha'am la'avor, aron ha'shem lifnei ha'am. And it was when the entire people had finished crossing that the Aron of Hashem and the Kohanim passed over in the sight of the people. Rashi, based on Gemara Sota, Daf Lamed He Amad Aleph, describes that after the Jewish people finished crossing, the Kohanim stepped back onto dry land on the Transjordan side of the Yardane. He explains that the water of the Yardane returned to their place. So the Aron was on one side and the people were on the other with the Yardane in between. The Aron then lifted the Kohanim miraculously so they would be reunited with the Jewish people. Vayavor, and it passed Lifneha'am in the sightline of the Jewish people. The Radak argues that wouldn't the Navi record this remarkable event? He interprets the word Vayavor more literally, that the Kohanim were initially behind the people, then passed in front of the people, and therefore Vayavor, and it passed 
lifnei ha'am, in front of the people. Pasuk Yudbeis, 12. Vayavru b'nei Ruven u'v'nei Gad v'chatsi sheva ha'menasha chamushim. The tribes of Reuven, Gad, and half of Menashe lead the nation to show that they are not afraid. They are committed to be there to fight for the Jewish people despite the fact that their land has already been apportioned on the Transjordan side of the Yardin. They are chamushim, armed. As Amalbim explains, perhaps from the word chamesh, they are in platoons of 50 men. There is a phrase used twice in this parak. First, when Yehoshua is commanded by Hashem to select 12 men and erect 12 stones, and later when he instructs the men to take the stones and make a monument. Let's listen carefully to the words in Pasuk Vav and Chaf Aleph. In Pasuk Vav, Yoshua is instructing the men to take the stones, and in Chaf Aleph, the people actually do what Yoshua asked. And it will be a sign for you that your children will ask in time to come, saying, what is the purpose of these stones? Now, doesn't that language sound familiar, like the Seder, like Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? And then we hear the response. Slightly different in Pasuk Zion and Pasuk Chafbez, but a variation on a theme. Let's listen to Pasuk Zion. V'amartem lahem asher nechrusu memei hayardei mipnei arom bris Hashem ba'avro ba'yardein. And you shall answer them that it, the waters of the Yardin were cut off in front of the Aron Bris Hashem when it passed over the Yardin. Nichrusu me hayardin vahayu ha'avanim ha'ela lezikaron levinei Yisrael ad olam. And these stones will be a memorial to the Bnei Yisrael forever. Pasachav beiz v'hodatam es b'neichem, and you will let your children know leimar b'yabasha avar Yisrael es hayardein hazet that the Jewish people crossed on dry land. Asher hovish Hashem alokechem es me hayardein mipneichem, Hashem made the waters of the yardein dry in front of the people at Avrochem until they passed. Kasher asa Hashem alokechem leyamsuf, like Hashem did to the yamsuf. Asher hovish mipanenu ad avrenu that he may dry in front of us until we passed. Leman das kol ameha aretz reads pasuk chavdalid that all the people of the earth should know as yad Hashem the hand of Hashem ki chazakahi that it is mighty. Leman yirasam es Hashem elokechem kol hayamim in order that you will fear Hashem all of your days. These words are reminiscent of words in our national lexicon, words associated with the Pesach Seder, so that the future generations, when they will ask, when we enter the land, it's no longer about us, the people who are present in the here and now. It is about our future, our Jewish destiny. And this, the building of monuments, needs to be our first act as a nation fulfilling its destiny to establish our now and our future in our land. In addition to the stones that we just read about, Yahushua also took stones and placed them exactly where the Kohanim stood in the Yardin River. Ushtem Esrei Avanim Hekim Yahushua Besoch Hayardim, Pasoktes. And Yahushua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Yardin. Tachas Matzav Raglei HaKohanim Nosei Aron Habris. In the place of the feet, of the Kohanim who held the Aron of the Bris. Vayusham ad hayom hazeh. 
and they are there to this day. Yoshua wanted to commemorate the site where the actual miracle of the crossing of the Yardin, the splitting of the Yardin, actually took place. So to recap, Hashem tells Yehoshua to erect a monument of stones. Yoshua tells the people to erect a monument of stones. And then the people take the stones as they cross the Yardin. Yoshua also takes stones and puts them in the Yardin itself. When the people arrive in Gilgal, Yoshua speaks to them to emphasize the purpose of the monument. Crossing the Yardin was monumental in more than one way. Yoshua's leadership brought the nation into the land of Israel. It was exceptional leadership at an exceptional time. So as the Bnei Israel complete their journey across the Yardin on the 10th day of Nisan, 40 years to the day after they took the sheep into their homes at great risk, as the sheep was the Egyptians' god, the words of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim echo throughout our Perek to highlight the two bookends of the Exodus experience. Our Perek focuses on the memorial established by Yehoshua. This monument was to speak to the people of his generation as well as future generations, to know Hashem's strength, to know that Hashem is our God and will protect us. It is moving to know that we are the future generation who is now hearing, learning, and living the destiny of those who entered the land 3,296 years ago. It's an overwhelming thought to know that we are that future. These words ring even more true thousands of years later, certainly today when our possession of Eretz Yisrael continues to be questioned and attacked. Thank you for learning together Le'ilui Nishmot, Imoteinu Hayikarot, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah Shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah Shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.